Section 26 of the South American Republics, Volume 1, by Thomas Cleland Dawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Piotr Natter. Part 4. Brazil. Chapter 3. Description. Cabral's discovery bequeathed to the Portuguese race one of the largest, most productive, and valuable political divisions of the globe. The area is 3,150,000 square miles, larger than the United States without Alaska, and surpassed only by the British, Russian, Chinese, and American empires. From north to south it extends 2,600 miles, and east to west 2,700. Lying across the equator, and traversed by no very high mountain ranges, its climate is more uniform than any other equally large inhabited region, but its extent is so immense that there are very considerable variations. Compact in form, with a continuous sea-coast, unsurpassable harbors, and a great extension of navigable rivers, water communication between the different parts is easy, and the danger of dismemberment by external attack a minimum. Occupying the central portion of South America, it touches all the other countries of the continent except Chile, uniting them geographically, and to a large extent controlling land communication among them. It is nearer Europe and Africa than any other South American country, and is also on the direct route between the North Atlantic and both coasts of South America. Situated in latitudes where evaporation and precipitation are largest, where the trade winds unfailingly bring moisture from the Atlantic, and on the eastern and windward slope of the narrowest of the continents, Brazil has the steadiest and most uniformly distributed rainfall of any large part of the globe. The exuberance of life in Brazil must be seen to be realized. The early voyagers related the wonder and admiration which they felt. Amerigo Vespucci said that if paradise did exist on this planet, it could not be far from Brazilian coast. Agassi believed that the future center of the civilization of the world would be in the Amazon Valley. The plants useful for food and in industry, commerce and medicine are innumerable. Nowhere except in Ceylon does the palm flourish so. There are more plants indigenous to Brazil than to any other country, and many species, like coffee, transplanted there, have doubled in productiveness. Indian corn and mandioc were already cultivated by the Indians when Cabral landed, and both upland and lowland rice grew wild. The soil lends itself kindly to any kind of culture, and in most cases two crops may be reaped annually. In a word, the subsoil, the soil, the atmosphere, the forests, and the waters of Brazil are teeming with life and full of potential wealth, too much so, perhaps, for the most wholesome development of the human race. The most extensive and the least developed part of Brazil is the Amazon Valley. The Brazilian portion of the Amazon basin comprises 45% of the whole territory of the Republic. The northern and southeastern borders slope up to the surrounding mountains, but the rest is an early level plain, little elevated above the sea. The plains are covered with dense forests. Much of the country is frequently flooded, and communication is only possible by the streams. In their neighborhood, the climate is in many localities unhealthful, and is everywhere tropical and rainy. Back from the rivers is an unexplored and unknown wilderness. 
the Amazon with its tributaries forms the greatest of all navigable fluvial systems. 10,700 miles are already known to be suitable for navigation by steamboats, and 4,800 more for smaller boats. It is in the narrow coast plain of the Atlantic, and in the high regions lying to the east and south of the Great Central Depression, that the Brazilian people live. The main orographic feature of the non-Amazonian Brazil is the great mountain system which extends uninterruptedly from the northern coast through the whole country. The continental uplift corresponds to the Andes on the west coast, just as the Appalachians do to the Rockies in North America. Its relative importance is many times greater on account of its great width, and because a broad plateau nearly connects it with the Andes between the headwaters of the Amazon and Plate River systems. The joint result is that two-thirds of Brazil is high enough to have a moderate and healthful climate but the cataracts in the rivers and the steep escarpments of the mountains make it difficult of access. The promontory of South America, which reaches out to the northeast, looking in a direct line to the western extremity of Africa, is a region of gentle slopes, of wide, sparsely wooded plateaus, and of brush-covered hills. At long intervals the interior is subject to severe droughts. The soil is fertile, as a rule, and the rainfall generally sufficient for cereal crops. Nearing the sea, precipitation increases, and cotton and sugar thrive. The mountain ranges rarely exceed 3,000 feet in height, and lie far back from the coast, from which the country slopes up gradually. This region was the first in Brazil to contain a large population, and the Dutch fought hard for it during the 17th century. In its area of 30,000 square miles, seven of the Brazilian states are included, Maranhão, Piauí, Ceará, Rio Grande do Norte, Paraíba, Pernambuco, and Alagoas. The promontory of São Roque, where the coast turns from an east and west direction to a north and south, marks a commercial division. Sailing vessels found it difficult to round this cape from the north, and consequently, the commercial relations of Maranhão, Piauí, and Ceará have been rather with the Amazon than southern Brazil. South of São Roque, the region is most easily accessible from Europe, and is on the direct line of communication between both sides of the North Atlantic and the coasts to the south. The region drained by the Tocantins and Araguaia very nearly corresponds with the state of Goyas. It is the western slope of the Brazilian Cordillera, and differs radically from the Amazonian plain, which it adjoins. As one ascends the Tocantins and Araguaia from their mouths in the Amazon estuary, the altitude rapidly rises, and navigation is quickly interrupted by cataracts. In the south, the level rises to over 4,000 feet, and the climate shows a considerable range of temperature, with the thermometer sometimes falling below freezing in the higher mountains. Though the area is 350,000 square miles, the population hardly reaches a quarter of a million, and has not been increasing rapidly since the exhaustion of the alluvial gold deposits. Roughly speaking, it may be described as a region well adapted to cattle and agriculture, and composed of high, open, rolling plateaus, traversed by low mountain ranges and well-wooded river valleys. 
The next natural division comprises the oval depression lying between the great central watershed and the high range which runs straight north from Rio within a few hundred miles of the coast. This is the San Francisco Valley. Politically and commercially connected is the adjacent coast plain. Valley and plain are divided into the four states of Minas, Bahia, Sergipe, and Espiritu Santo, with 430,000 square miles and 6 million inhabitants. In the coast plain, the rainfall is greater than farther north, and the soil is very fertile, producing not only cotton, sugar, and tobacco, but coffee, maize, and mandioc. The slopes are more abrupt, and the mountains begin closer to the sea. The interior is a great plateau, traversed by high mountain ranges and the tributaries of the San Francisco River. Most of this plateau is included in the great state of Minas, the most populous member of the Brazilian Union, which is agriculturally self-sufficient and one of the greatest mineral regions of the world. The rainfall is abundant, the climate is healthful and bracing, the birth rate is large, and the region is admirably adapted to the white races. Its general character is a rolling plateau, three to four thousand feet above the ocean, forming extensive treeless plains, which are interspersed with wooded mountain chains, river valleys, and extensive tracts of brushland. The European who visits the San Francisco Valley is astonished to find a country where the climate is temperate and the soil fitted to the production of all sorts of food crops, including the cereals, and where nevertheless proximity to the equator makes practicable a multiplicity of crops in a single year the coast plain which forms the greatest part of bahia sergipe and espiritu santo is fertile but the climate is enervating to europeans and the proportion of black blood there is the largest in brazil about the twentieth degree the mountains approach close to the coast and from victoria south to the thirtieth degree the atlantic border of brazil is steep and mountainous often rising directly from the sea to a height of two thousand and six hundred feet it is a coast of splendid harbours and magnificent scenery the drainage is mostly inland into the plate system and water falling within a dozen miles of the ocean flows two thousand five hundred miles before reaching the sea to this rule there is but one important exception the paraiba river the basin of which is practically coterminous with the state of rio de janeiro and the federal district this state is commercially and politically very important although its area is small the surface is very mountainous and the soil mostly inferior to that of the divisions to the north and south however it is still an immense producer of coffee and sugar its geographical situation and great harbour have made it the most thickly settled part of the country the rainfall is very large especially on the mountains nearest to sea which are covered with magnificent forests the coast plains is warm though not unhealthful save in the vicinity of the infected city of rio and in the higher regions the climate is delightful and temperature almost european the northern boundary is the mantiqueira range which divides the Paraiba Basin from the valleys of the Paraná and San Francisco. This range is the highest in Brazil, and its culminating peak, Itatiaia, is 10,000 feet high, though it is only 70 miles from the sea. Slightly lower ranges lie between the Mantiqueira and the ocean, and of these the highest is Pedro da Sul, 
7,365 feet, which overlooks Rio Harbour, only 20 miles away. The Brazilian portion of the Great Paraná Valley presents a remarkable uniformity of general characteristics. Bordering the sea is a range of mountains, or rather the abrupt escarpment of the plateau, some 3,000 feet high. From its summit the surface slopes gently to the west, draining into the Paraná by a hundred streams, many of which are navigable in their middle courses. This great plateau, with its area of about 250,000 square miles, is mostly treeless towards the north, but in the south is covered with pine forests. It lies in the temperate zone, and snow sometimes falls on the higher peaks and chapadas of Sao Paulo. The soil is remarkably fertile, and this is the coffee region par excellence of the world. A coffee tree in Sao Paulo produces two to four times as much as in other parts of the globe. Food crops grow well, and the country might be economically independent of the rest of the world. The contour of the country is favorable to railroad building, and the region is easily penetrable. From their settlements on the seaward border of this plateau, the Paulistas of the 17th century roamed over the whole interior of South America, enslaving the Indians and driving out the Spanish Jesuits. The rainfall diminishes towards the interior, and there is an ill-defined limit where it ceases to be sufficient for coffee. The coffee district is also limited by the lowering of average temperature with increasing latitude. The three states of Sao Paulo, Paraná, and Santa Catarina contain most of the region under description, but southwestern Minas and extreme southern Goyas also belong to it. The great plateau gradually dies away to the south, ending with a low escarpment across the state of Rio Grande do Sul. Physically and geographically, this state is different from the rest of Brazil. Most of its area is drained to the Uruguay River, and its natural relations and affinities are with the republic of that name. Rio Grande's 95,000 square miles contain over a million inhabitants, and the open, rolling plains, nowhere much elevated above the sea, are excellently adapted to cattle. The northern portion is higher, more broken, and more wooded than the southern, and agriculture has made greater progress. The climate is distinctly that of the temperate zone, hot in summer, cold in winter, and subject to sudden variations on account of the winds which sweep up from the vast Argentine pampas. The inhabitants are big, vigorous and hardy, and great riders. All the products of the temperate zone, including the cereals, flourish, and this part of Brazil seems destined to great things in the near future. From Bolivia around to Uruguay sweeps in a large semicircle, convex to the north, a plateau that nearly unites the Andes with the eastern Cordillera, and forms the watershed between the Amazon and the Plate. Its eastern horn has already been described as forming the states of Sao Paulo, Paraná, and Santa Catarina. Its western and central portions form the great interior state of Mato Grosso. Here the headwaters of the Madeira, Tapajos, and Xingu, tributaries of the Amazon, intertwine with those of the Paraguay and Paraná. The narrow depression which the upper Paraguay forms across it is the only portion that has yet been described. The rest of the 410,000 square miles of Mato Grosso is abandoned to Indians and wild beasts. 
Only enough is known of these solitudes to prove that in the centre of the continent exists a well watered, fertile, and healthful region, capable of sustaining an immense population, but which is shut off from development by lack of means of communication. The north-western part could be reached from the Amazon, if the falls of the Madeira could be overcome, a route which would also open up a great and now inaccessible portion of Bolivia. End of section 26